Okay, thank you. Thank you all very much. Appreciate you all being here. We are here for reflections from the satsang interview that we had last night with Mary Reed. Uh, she has a new book that we got a chance to have her read to us from, uh, which is called Humanity's Epic Awakening, A Mystical Odyssey Beyond Belief. Uh, and a little little blurb about that. Her, her website is at lovemaryread.com. And what she writes is that humanity's future is not only bright, it is astonishing. Modern mystic Mary Reed takes us through the full trajectory of our collective awakening, which is, quote, as much a creative momentum as it is a destructive one, unquote. For more than two decades, Mary has viewed our world through the lens of profound mystical events with Jesus, Buddha, and other masters. The incredible details of these events inspire new understanding of the painful past we are outgrowing, the healing present we are already in, and the breathtaking future we will soon claim in our freedom from fear and strife. Mary's narratives are accented potently with the eloquence of mystic poet Shalon Harkin, and together they lead us in ecstatic cheers for all that is underway. That's a little bio on Mary. So excited to uh, hear people's um, takeaways, what 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 landed, and what's just what's alive here for us to share with each other today. I can start us off, Ian, if you'd like. Hey, wonderful! Thank you, Shauna. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Um, let's see. I think um, for some reason I was really deeply moved by her, um, just her message. And some of the notes that I wrote down is um, God or me in its fundamental nature is cherishing awareness. Oh, my God. I love that. Cherishing awareness. Hi, Reverend Carol. <laughs> Hi. And um, I am goodness. It was like um, it was like her um, one of her mantras, I guess. I am goodness. I want to be all that I am. And she talked about an impulse that moves life into dynamic expression, to be all that it is, to know itself fully. And again, cherishing the self. There's this impulse in life, and if we feel into that, this life isness presence we can feel that it's an impulse to me it's a pull towards back towards what we truly are or into deeper what we truly are i love the word impulse and then um, true focus plus true intention is creation and that's a, a lot of course what regina taught us too is that is our single and most of the masters actually the single focus a true focus Plus our motivation or our intention is what we create, is the creative process. And um, she also mentioned everything is the same unitive consciousness and that fear does not unite. Its nature is to recoil. And oh my God, you can feel that, right? Just bring up a, a feeling of fear. There might even be some, even just some slight nervousness and in your body right now, just bring it up and feel that, feel that fear or a memory of a fear. 
Notice it just naturally recoils. It naturally rejects. It contracts. That's its nature. And that really helped me just realize fear is not a big deal. It's just doing what it naturally does. But I can see that. I can see the recoil. I can feel the recoil. The fear is not me. And then she talked about that first moment of believing that we were separate. And that's what created the first fear. And this uh, being focused on um, on fear is, is the, the um, letting us know that we're believing, we're still believing that we are separate, that we could actually be separate. There's a belief that we could be separate. And identifying with a fear-based system, this infrastructure of this, this thing that we think we are and the world and all of its infrastructures is built on fear. That was really spelled out to where I got it this time. I could look out there and see. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I mean, I knew that, but the way she said it, it's like, oh my God, it's so true. Yeah. And surrender. She focused a lot on surrender. It's absolutely essential. And the two steps that I heard her say is letting go of the old habits. And as we're allowing, we're allowing in these higher vibrations, which brings insight. And of course, we we teach and teach each other this all the time. And relaxing is so important. Of course, you know, my inner wisdom's been telling me relax several times a day for years. <laughs> so it's really nice to be told that again, relax. And she noticed that meditation was a great way to do that, breathing and surrendering. And as we do both, um, the relaxing, breathing, then we begin to see the evidence of the healing. When we're all contracted and, and focused on this confused fear, we can't see the evidence that we are healing. But relax. Just step back and pause. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere that we are healing. And um, ah, let's see. And of course, the fundamental block within all of the cosmos is the belief that we're separate, that we could be separate. And I loved some, some of her mystical experiences that she became everything in the universe. And, and that whole experience of her seeing everything that she was everything bad in the universe and just open up this, this awareness of the sadness and the pain and the sorrow of humanity. She became all of it. Um, and she emphasized also to not suppress or repress or change anything. And this allows us to get in alignment with our true nature the deep levels of profundity, profundity open up, embrace every speck of our pain, surrender to this embrace of everything is what we're crying out for. She know, talked about being a path of ease, everything to allow everything to arise and flow through the heart, and again, that relaxing and intention to allow everything, feel it fully. And we're all just, we're all one, just perceiving in so many unique ways. 
And then her her story, the experience at the end of hell was awesome. Oh my goodness. I just love that the the symbol of the devil just melted into this 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 expression of God in all the colors and flavors. Um, I think that's all. I've probably talked enough for now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's gorgeous. That's like where I felt like I was right back there. Thank you. That's really wonderful. You really captured the the essence of the the freedom she's pointing to and the illusion. But the freedom to continue the illusion or the freedom to say, I think I've had enough of that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wonderful, Lynn. I, um, it's hard to capture what Shauna just captured because it, it's so, it was so beautiful. I just wanted to um, go back to that. Uh, first of all, I, I would have loved to hear her um, heart lullaby. So I'm gonna have to Google that and see, cause that just, um, especially when the fear is there to go into a heart lullaby sounded beautiful. And uh, you know, what really just, opened my heart too was that realization of oneness, you know, that we're all waking up together and that we are sharing between and among our true nature. Just, um, you know, that massive release, you know, um, let's all just release all that suffering and bring in all this love and wake up to the healing, you know, of our truth. Um, and then just, you know, it shouldn't be a competition. It should be a collaboration. And just make your love visible. Just beautiful. Yeah, thank you. That Make your love visible. That um, poem, Shalon Harkin, is such a, such a gift. I mean, that is such a path of ease, right? Make your love visible. I don't know what the way is today. I don't know what your journey is, but if that's the intention... <laughs> We can probably find some places. <laughs> yeah, thank you. One more thing I wanted to share when you brought up the poem. That other poem and the line keeps sticking out to me. Things are about to get interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I feel like that kind of captures uh being in the world, not of it, embodying truth. There's a mindset that's like just this curiosity, like, wait, I'm pretty clear if I'm tight, I don't know what's actually happening. So like, I could find out any time, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Wonderful, Mary. Good morning. Um, good, to see you. good to see you too. First, I want to thank you. I enjoyed a couple of times you compared Mary's book with uh, Regina's teaching and talked about the different language, but saying the same thing. That was really helpful. Um, and I think I'd like to find more of that. I bet there's other things that we have already that would be the same teaching but in different language i'm even thinking revelations if we go back to revelations and really look at that that um when it talks about end of days that some of that 
language because they didn't have they didn't have the same language we have they didn't have the technology they didn't have you know things that have evolved and and grown so that's one thing um the other thing with validation being that she's a scientist and i have a little bit of science background that it's believed i don't know that it's true or not i think we can get things from one source and one source is it. But the more different source, the more sources you have that say the same thing, the more it validates the truth of what is being said or what it's believed, which goes back to what how you interpreted what Regina teaches versus what she says. Um, the other thing that I found in that is I remember, oh, Years and years ago, there was a, was a Catholic priest that was a sociologist, Andrew Greeley, that wrote a lot of fiction books. And he wrote um, just a lot of different things, um, different stories. And they were always had some kind of truth to it. And it was said that he never let his books be made into movies because he didn't want too much attention brought to them or else he would be in trouble with the church for kind of um, alternative things and in one of his books he had uh, the main character had these mystical experiences with angel with an angel and the angel told him you know there's no devil that was just made up lucifer is actually doing a service to people by uh, giving them what you call temptations he's giving them opportunities to heal and he's been scapegoated and if man, if humans would look at what's going on and would see that they could heal, they wouldn't need Lucifer anymore. That was one of the, one of the, mm. um, there's another one I've heard over the years that rang true about uh, no devils and no hell. You know, I've heard that before and I can't remember where, but so um, I think there's validation out there if anybody's interested or needs it. Uh, but what Mary captured is so beautiful and I've got to order the books. So um, I will. And thank you. Thank you for bringing her. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, you know, it's, it, I, I think I heard her say, I think I heard her say at one point, you're giving away the secret. And it's like, <laughs> um, I didn't know it was a secret <laughs> because it's, it's all we ever point back to right? It's all we ever point back to. Motive, intention, desire. It's the vibration of that which happens or doesn't happen. It's it's the it's the beingness, right? It's the essence. And so it's uh, the, the purity of that, you know, it's going to determine the purity of what or the clarity of what follows. But um, it was just interesting to hear her say that you're giving away the secret. I'm like, um, I'm so happy that the uh, uh the cat's out of the bag well my sense is that uh i i i i i don't get the feeling she's a book sales kind of person i get the feeling um or at least my read on it is that um uh you know sometimes you can tell someone something and intellectually it lands here and it doesn't it's just another thing my sense was she wants people to come by it honestly because she has a series of 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 mystical experiences that she lays out in the book. Like first she says, uh, you know, fear is that, is that block and 
but anyone that hangs on to the block or adheres to the block finds the block sticky uh, is going to keep believing that, that that they're stuck. And and we looked at this this morning and being aware of awareness. It, it, the appearance when fear is here is I am not part of the flow. The flow's out there and out in here. So then she tells them another experience of how we she saw how the only thing that makes us believe that is that we believe when fear's here, we must reject it. It's like, you got to, you got to pull away. You got to get rid of it. You got to figure out why you got, I mean, even if it doesn't matter what it is, do whatever you have to do to distance yourself from the fear. And that's what, that's what perpetuates it, right? Because you're believing it's real. So then she brings you this whole nother mystical experience that then she shows you. And then, so finally she says to God, if, 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 if love is all that's real, why doesn't love heal this fear? Why isn't love enough? I've, and, and so she's in this experience. She's being love. She's being everything, right? And she's like, you know, radiated. Why isn't that enough? Why isn't that enough? And finally he says to her, why isn't that enough, Mary? She's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, I want you to know. Why isn't that enough? And finally she comes to her own knowing. Oh, we believe fear has to be rejected. Like, even thinking I'm here to heal, oh no, I'm here to heal fear makes a that and a me and an object, right? So it's this knowing that everything's welcome, that fear too is part of all that is. And the way, to, and your mind is going to say, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, nice for you when that happens, but when I'm in fear, it's something real. <laughs> so I can't do that for me, but you, you keep doing that. I think that's really sweet. But and then in the book, what she ends up bringing us to is really, it's what Dr. Hawkins says, right? You have to invoke deity. You have to, and literally that was the secret, right? Invoking deity. It, change in, it changes brain physiology. It literally makes the egoic mind and all those lower energies weaker in the sense that we are that in which they arise. And all of a sudden we see them as something we don't have to choose. And then when we're aligned, that is, that is the all, that is the all that, that is the cherishing awareness and awareness holds fear just as lovingly and cherishingly as it holds joy. You know, it is all energetic, all that is. So my sense is she wanted to not have it be this short little tip or trick that she wanted you to actually see until you're willing to shift vibrational levels, so to speak from the head to the heart and really surrender and be the cherishing awareness that you are, the nervous system is gonna keep telling you that's a thing that you have to resist because we are just hardwired to resist the discomfort that is fear. So anyway, um, <laughs> long answer to a short question. <laughs> Rhoda. Good morning, everybody. I, <clears throat> there were, Three, three points that were particularly resonant for me. Um, the first one, which may or may not have been mentioned, uh, was the way that Mary spoke about becoming the lesson, the dissolving into the blackboard and becoming, actually becoming the lesson. And boy, I could feel, I can feel the heart pull even as I say those words right now, but that there is a, 
there is a desire here to release all self-referencing. And there's something about that dissolving into the lesson, being the lesson that really seems to point the way to letting it, letting all self-referential, I get it, I don't get it, this is clear, that's not clear, like all of that go. And just, I mean, it speaks to being in a way that just really resonates. It just really resonates. It speaks to being in a way that really resonates. And I don't know what more beyond that is, you know, meant to be heard from that, but it feels just really, really helpful to, I heard Shauna say, inner wisdom tells her many times a day to relax and inner wisdom tells me many times a day to slow down. I mean, slow down, just slow down. And so, you know, I guess I can just really feel the call to that being and slowing down and just really letting go of what feels like the constant propping up of the separate person, important and must get things done and needed. Just, it feels like insanity. Like it feels like being on the edge of insanity these days, this constant what I got to do and who I got to be nonsense. So that was the first thing that really, really spoke to me. The second thing I noticed um, was um, there was a fear that rose here. And the fear was um, how will I ever know what Mary knows because I don't have mystical experiences. <laughs> I have no idea what that's for. <laughs> Other than for me to keep seeing that here's how I creates itself again. And here's how the desire for specialness creates itself again. So uh, I, I noticed immediately how in direct contrast being the lesson and this idea of specialness are they're just they're so directly in contrast to one another so um interestingly enough scenes from movies keep coming up for me on both of these points um in the most recent uh way of water avatar movie there's a character in the movie who has uh, this ability to sense, I forget what their deity's name is, but has this ability to feel her and connect with her in a way that others around her don't seem to be aware of. And it doesn't seem to be like a special power. It just seems to be that she's in tune with the fact that she's one with what is. And, uh, I can feel that that particular scene, you know, 
points right to this idea of specialness. It's really only that boulder of fear that says, oh my God, that's not me and I'm not getting it. And oh my God, and oh my God, and oh my God, that gets in the way of knowing the truth. It stops me from dropping back into the seat of the observer or the seat of the witness and just being with what is instead of trying to create something some idea from imagination that it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be how it is or there's some future state that like meg kept pointing to yesterday like there's some future state that somehow someday that that when i get that that's when it's going to be great um and i can just see the insanity of it so that's the first movie scene that kind of points me back. The second movie scene is, so yesterday was Father's Day. Um, took Dave to the movies because that's what he wanted to do for Father's Day. And uh, we went to see Flash. And in the movie, there is a scene where they slow down this process of like a body decomposing and being able to go down to molecular level and fall through floors or walls or whatever. I don't know if they meant it to be this way, but I could feel that scene in my body as if I was about to dissolve through the chair mm. and go through the floor it was very funny. And I, and as I heard Mary talk about being the lesson and the blackboard, I could feel that same sort of call. Like it is, it is that slow. It's that slow. Mind, mind keeps telling me, hurry up. You got to go. It's got to be fast. You got to do it now. You got to get it done with. Like that's what mind keeps saying. And every time I put attention on mind, I notice that that's, that is the energy that's felt in this body. And I am absolutely just amazed. I don't, I, I heard what Mary was saying, like you will find validation everywhere. I feel like everything I hear these days is pointing to exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. There is no difference between them. And I have so much gratitude to just be with that. Just be with that. I can't remember what the third thing was right now. So I'm going to let go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Right on. Gorgeous. It'll come back. It is when, now, who knows if this will still be the hour when it comes back, but it'll come back. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. Whoops. Wait a minute, somebody's unmuting me anyway. Oh. Thank you, whoever it is. <laughs> uh, it was just, I couldn't see it. Um, I really uh, didn't come to share. I didn't take any notes. Um, 
but I wanted to hear because I'm I'm in Mary's community. So I'm there on Sunday nights and I'm reading the book with her or with this group on Wednesdays. And so it's so powerful when you're having other voices and reading it out loud and it slows you down. And so it, you know, there's, I have a different experience of it. And I wanted to see how it landed, uh, you know, another place. But what I, I can say is it it's, um, a couple of people in comments today um, talking about truth or the, the uh, I guess Mary said it about Anne making it, what, this is what we're teaching, Regina's teaching here or what's happening and waking together and this is how it goes. And it seems to me that um, the truth is just the truth. That's it. And so there'll be different perspectives on it because there's all this, individuated sparks of the divine, you know, playing as each of us. So there'll be different perspectives, but, or different words, but there, there aren't different truths. So like Mary's word for God is cherishing awareness, which I too just, it just catches so much of the loving and the, the, uh, and then the awareness. And I, I use God a lot, you know, as a minister for a lot of years. I use God, and you, I don't think you do it as much here. I've heard all kinds of other things here, but none of that matters at all. Um, and I'm uh, uh, this. This happened in, in Mary's group as well as this last week. Um, there was a couple of weeks ago uh, consensus in, in the Sunday night thing did. Uh, a thing about peace, about being peace and the you know importance of peace, embodying peace, um, allowing consensus to come through all of these, you know, a stadium-sized group of masters, teachers, Jesus, Buddha, all the all the folks <laughs> uh, to be coming through more and more uh, and being that peace. And then um, somebody else in our group is a big follower of um, Paul Zelig, and he got permission. So the consensus thing about peace was on Sunday night, and Paul Zelig's thing is on Wednesday nights. And that following Wednesday, the guides, which is his word for wherever he gets the truth, um, did a thing on peace. And... Um, the man in our group got permission for Mary to send it out to all of us. So we could see little different wording, little different thing, but it's the same thing unfolding. And it, it feels like as we're moving more and more into, you know, at least individual, what is that popcorn effect, individual people popping up awake, <laughs> that that then there's more bleeding of the field into that and it'll come up uh you know anywhere everywhere and but it doesn't have to all be the same words it doesn't have to all be the same perspective because you know how big is infinite so that's what I wanted to say about that, I guess. And uh, and the other thing for for Rhoda and the mystical experiences, I've uh, <laughs> um, 
uh, let's see, wrestle is the word that comes to mind and I'm learning to be more gentle. So, and noticed <laughs> in my own place, all because I don't do a lot of visual stuff. And that's always exciting for me in groups when somebody else says, oh, and then I saw this and the color this and this changed. It's like, oh, that's great. And what happens often to me in the Sunday thing with consensus is I fall asleep. <laughs> I call it a sleep. I'm also brought back where I'm always there at the end. And I figure it's just a way for them to get through my busy mind that that you know, or around it, you know, knock that out. And then the rest of me can um, experience it. So don't worry. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. I, I'm uh, your sharing uh, prompts me to read her introduction. Uh, let me just, just read these two paragraphs. Given the hectic pace of our rapidly changing world, it would be nice to think of humanity's spiritual awakening as something akin to following a well-lit path out of a frenetic urban landscape and into a peaceful meadow of tulips. But alas, <laughs> that is not what is happening. Our awakening is more of a bull in a china shop kind of experience. However, as you will see in this book, we are already much farther along in our awakening than most people realize. And we are fast approaching the point where we will be able to let that bull go frolic in the tulips while we start having fun with our newly remembered ability to create universes. Second paragraph. Before we explore the full trajectory of our fascinating journey, I must address two issues that risk distracting readers. First, I use a range of labels to refer to the almighty beings. You will see common terms such as God, source, creator, oneness, divine love, and monad, any of which may have historical associations that dilute or pollute relationship to the subject. Regardless of any discomfort or prejudice readers may have with these terms, in truth, no label I use will come close to conveying the full visceral experience of the big it, which is capital T, the capital B, big, and capital I, it, the big it. <laughs> I experience God simply as all there is capital A, capital T, capital I, all there is. Beyond intellectual understanding and beyond the limitation of words, I recommend readers simply lean into the feeling of what is written. For truth always recognizes the feeling of truth. And so one of our core values here, right, is that we don't uh, elevate any one teaching over others. We respect them all and we allow them all to play through. Like Reverend Meg said yesterday, listen for truth, leave the rest. Listen for truth, leave the rest. And what she's saying that we're all saying is truth always recognizes the feeling of truth. So we're actually listening for the recognition, the feeling of truth. And anything that does not resonate, apparently that wasn't meant for us. <laughs> And yet we can trust everything that does resonate. Bring it, bring it right in, baby. <laughs> so yeah, it's beautiful to, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Rhoda. 
speaking of resonate the that whole cherishing awareness as soon as carol said it, i was like ding 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 there there it is um that whole cherishing awareness you know that is that is the direct experience of awareness it is just um i keep going back to kate did a being aware of awareness meditation last week which i haven't posted the podcast yet but we'll get there eventually and um it was the one line that she had in there was lay out the welcome mat and i could feel the that's cherishing awareness to me awareness feels like a welcome mat it just it welcomes everything no matter what uh including the boulder of fear that often lives um and it brings me back to what shauna was saying about how fear is just doing what fear does it's so really really helpful when slowing down is happening to notice contractions are happening something i believed for a very long time seems to be coming up in the system and the body is just reacting to it and it's in that moment that i can drop back and remember truth it's in that moment that being the witnesser being the observer being awareness really brings to life the knowing that awareness is always just cherishing what is it isn't expecting it to be different it isn't asking for anything other than what is and just so grateful for that point to be brought up over and over and over and over and over because it feels like the more it's seen the less anything else needs to be believed thank you thank you and and notice how supportive the feeling of cherishing is you know i've said for years we said unconditional love well that means like without condition but it's that feels mental now mm. you know and it, it explains it but cherishing is that like it, the welcoming it's the and the it, it, I, I was surprised too Anne, when she said no, no let's not let's do that in the book but some of these experiences have been so deep for her that I know it's it's been difficult to um to read it because it reenacts this whole thing so um I don't know what that is 12 and 13 she said at the end of whatever section that is um talks about having an experience where each thing came up that was in the humanities, you know, collective unconscious, if you would, for her to experience. So the fear and taken each of these bad things that we've all tried to push away or let go of, or, you know, not have in our life, 
with cherishing awareness. And then she would, you know, cry for days and do whatever. And when it's finally finished, then shame came up, then doubt came up, then whatever, all of these different things to be met with cherishing awareness. So I just, I, I love that word and that too, that the feeling of it. And it's everything that we're being taught seems to me from everywhere in terms of accepting what is. But she means <laughs> on this very deep level, really everything that is, whatever it is, met with the same cherishing awareness. And that's, um, I, don't know, I don't know what it is beyond the words. It's uh, cool. <laughs> it's, it feels right. And it feels like our work. And the work is the wrong word. It feels like the ease and the joy that we have uh, to just move along and what let the let the love love let love your love be visible is that it yes love those poems anyway yeah yes that is the invitation we have been issued an invitation <laughs> yeah what is uh just abundantly clear from the transmission that is that book is how it is only mind that partitions out this field of what is into different groups, different labels, different concepts, different, all of it. It's, it is only the movement of mind that does that. And yet, and yet the movement of mind is going to keep moving for many of us until it's not Though the mind cannot cherish every single thing. It, this work cannot be done with the mind. It wasn't, it was designed to separate, categorize, and delineate between. <laughs> so the invitation is always by whatever the symbol is to come back to the symbol of the heart, which is already cherishing everything embraces the whole show doesn't just plug its nose and say okay you can be here i mean truly loves loves what it loves which is everything uh, and what is so palpably available to be known directly from all manner of sections of that book is that <laughs> god which very defines as the all all there is, the big it, <laughs> all there is seeks to literally love through cherishing awareness, all that is. So it's, it's like, and yet to live it, to live it is in my own experience, moment to moment, event by event, person by person, noticing where something goes, mm not this and like because that's it can i cherish the awareness that there's still a program that runs that says not this can i even catch it because really the most of this is just so subconscious so unconscious so we're we are really befriending the flinch 
that would have us now go up to mind to delineate one thing from another and not stand and at least hold that non-judgmental awareness long enough that the heart can love it into wholeness. And um, I could see for myself just uh, so that ret retreat goes great. Retreat finishes. It's Saturday. I call a friend of mine. We're talking about a plan and I think it's wide open. Turns out I have these constraints. I call back to say there's these constraints and I can hear her get very upset and very not happy and very like, you didn't say it was like this. I said, I just found out. I just go. But here's what I could see when she said, you didn't say it was like this. And I started saying, but I just found it like that right there. I just found that was rejecting her disappointment, her pain, her sadness. Why was I, why was speaking happening? It's, it's so, it was so innocent, but why was speaking happening? Speaking was happening out of a movement of rejecting, receiving the wholeness of what was here in my experience. And it was like, wow, yes, there is this subconscious belief that some of what comes into this awareness must be rejected. It doesn't feel like rejected, just feels like just corrected. Like I'm going to save what? I'm going to save her what? What, feeling mad or sad? She already feels it. No, I'm, <laughs> all, all I'm doing is acting unconsciously and moving against what? All that is. All that was in that moment was disappointment and sadness. And so I felt so happy that I could see such a subtle rejection of just being receiving, just being the open, empty receiving that I am. Cher see, awareness accepted it all and cherished it. That was the fullness of her experience. And so how much can I be the cherishing awareness that cherishes the awareness of that rejection mechanism such that with the intention of, I wonder if next time maybe it's available to be caught a little sooner. Maybe it's not, but I'm there really interested to see how I can be a cooperative component in not consciously at least believing that anything in my experience, my awareness, which is all I have to work with, um, needs to be rejected. Anything. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Reverend Carol. I just wanted to say how um, helpful I found um, an article that you uh, mentioned in the retreat, Rhoda, about uh, uh, the scientists that had um, severed, is the word seems a little harsh, but uh, cut the right and left brain um, connections, working with people with epilepsy. Somebody say it for me. Epilepsy. epilepsy. Uh, or something. And what happened is that they would, to the right brain, um, you know, ask them to get up and walk or ask them to drink a water, glass of anything. And then the left brain, who would, didn't know that signal, made up a story about it each time. It was like that was the left brains or our thinking, the job. So they said, well, uh, I was thirsty or I needed to go get a sweater. So I walked into the house or they made the left brain without the knowing why 
made it up every time for us. And I found that so interesting and so helpful in uh, getting behind all of the pointings to uh, letting go of the mind. It's like, bless its heart. It's tired. It just made up <laughs> trying to do what, you know, it's been programmed to do. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, take a break. And, uh, but I thought, I thought that was fascinating. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Carol. I found it fascinating too. And I, I, there was one message that I heard Mary say last night that reinforced a message from the retreat last week, which was surrender is not listening to mind anymore. <clears throat> and something about just getting really clear that the mind just makes it all up over and over and over again, makes it up, divides it, creates it, just like Anne was just describing, it just wants to make, I mean, all it's ever trying to do is make sense out of the current moment give it a reference point in time and space and some positionality and, you know, make it make sense to a separate person who just will forever feel alone under those circumstances, forever feel alone. And just something about, something about seeing how the mind just is constantly making things up constantly making things up is just so helpful in saying okay I surrender I just I just have no desire to listen anymore no desire whatsoever and you know it just it really for me it just is really really helpful to keep that desire to surrender right right here right here not to be missed <laughs> Thanks, Carol. Yeah, and it's through that that I think we can actually see the incredibly quick-firing, repetitious defendedness, defensiveness. Oh, no, no, I just, I just, like, it's the talking happens before it even lands. Uh, just defending the separate me. I, I'm making sure you know I'm not the kind of person that would ever want to cause hurt for a person like you from a person like, it's like, it's like, it's like ah! so lightning fast. And I, I do think it's, it's information like knowing our true essence, what we are, you know, the divine expression that's here is cherishing awareness. So just knowing that lets me look for it. Is it available right now? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I, I don't have the option to shift to look if I don't know if there's another capacity further back that's actually always here. So it's it's a it's a helpful exploration for me, Reverend Carol. And I can feel as we're talking, and as more and more of things like this happen, the um, the cherishing awareness coming more to the front because in your description of mind all it isn't it can't you can feel can't you oh you know it's just trying to help it you know it try and keep us safe it's just 
It's just been working hard. And it, that's such a different feeling and so much more uh, works better <laughs> than tr trying to stop it, trying to get away. Okay, oh my God, I still have thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a softness that, you know, marries uh, the difference between being the messenger and having something to tell you and being the message in that time and time again and all of the stories and all of the things, she is that. She is welcoming all of these different things, all of this stuff. And the more we come in contact with that, the more it um, <laughs> makes sense of the words, but that's <laughs> it's beyond the words, but it it's a, just really a softer, more easeful, um, welcoming approach, inviting in the the guests you you mentioned in the retreat, Rumi's poem about the house guests or whatever, just welcome everybody that comes. It's lovely. And it makes a difference that it makes sense. We don't trust, we won't trust. We won't trust what doesn't make sense. So the fact that it makes sense is our gateway to allowing this whole system to, to, to go with it. So that making sense is huge because that's the stuff of trust and then that's the stuff of trial and that's the stuff of doing and that's the stuff of going, wow, this works. So yay, yeah. I think Mary. it stops at oh. some point. At some point it stops. So oh, I'm sorry, Mary. Um, the, the, because it's beyond the mind that makes the sense. You know? Yes, but welcoming that information and recognizing this makes sense, we got to meet ourselves where we are. When I am deep, deep in, in confusion, I need a bridge identity. <laughs> and I'm not going to get on a bridge I don't trust. If I think the bridge is going to break, I'm not going to step on it. So I just want to honor the fact that we can recognize that making sense allows something to relax. It's like the it's the baby, it's the baby step of of trust for me. So yeah, I think we're saying the same thing, just a little different language. Mary. Reverend Carol, when you talked about the study with um, with epilepsy where they cut the brain, it triggered a memory of a book by um, Julian James, and it's The Origin of Consciousness in the Breakdown of the Bicarmal Mind. I looked it up while you were, while the uh, conversation was going, but the book was originally published in the 70s. I read it probably in the early 90s. Um, I was a PBX operator, switchboard operator at, on the night shift and the security guard would come in and talk to me and I would read and we would share books and he gave me this book to read. And it's basically how human consciousness, not the consciousness, but human consciousness developed and it traces and goes back through ancient history and that it's really only been a, a few thousand years that the human the race of human beings goes back much much more and we had a very different mind and very different way of looking at things and experiencing the world before we developed that and then um it, it developed out of probably out of a, a need for safety that the mind split to the left and the right so that 
one side had to make sense of things and one side perceived things. That's as much as I can remember right now, because it's been so long since I read the book. But again, it's the knowledge has been there and we just are now discovering it again. So thank you for um, reminding me of that study. I'd read about that too in graduate school, but the different sides of the brain and how they they work together. And then they when you separate them, there's a difference there. And so I, I think it just goes back to the origin story that the origin story was made up to explain what happened after the fact. <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> there wasn't a stenographer there. <laughs> and then, and then God said, <laughs> wait, say, speak up, please. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. This has yeah. been wonderful. I'm going to have to go off just before uh, there's another thing that's that's starting for me. That Reverend Carol and I are both in at Power right. of Eight. Right. I figure she'll stop on time. But yeah, I, I okay. sure will. Let me stop and just see if there's any other comments before we uh, wrap up. Wonderful. Shauna? I just wanted to give a big shout out to you, Anne. Thank you so much for doing such an excellent job of being with her, hearing the truth and reflecting it back because you're your input was really important for me. Uh, there were several things that this mind didn't like about what she said, and I just <laughs> let that go. But but you were pointing back to truth, and and then it helped me to focus on the truth that was there, the same truth, all the truth that Carol was talking about. So thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for uh, noticing that truth always recognizes the feeling of truth, and having that same hmm. Okay, like so that which prompted speaking here, prompted listening there. And it was that same, let me, I'm going to take what's true. I'm going to leave the rest, but I'm not going to get distracted by letting the mind disqualify one by the other. And so I think that's an incredible gift we've been given in this particular iteration of the teachings through Regina. Was it listen for truth, leave the rest. Apparently that's not meant for you right now. <laughs> Trust that. So I, this is a wrap. I'm going to appreciate everyone for coming. We've been speaking about uh, the Satsang interview with Mary Reed, uh, discussing her book, Humanity's Epic Awakening, A Mystical Odyssey Beyond Belief. If you want to know more about Mary, she is at lovemaryreed.com. There is a donate button on that website, and we would encourage everyone to check in for guidance, whether it is for them to contribute to these teachings. Uh, and that's the means through which you can do it. Uh, if you want to hear one more about us, we are at awakening-together.net. God, why do I always get mixed up? Is it net? No, it's not. It's not calm. It's not net. Dot org. There you go. Dot org. Awakening-together.org. And uh, we appreciate everyone being here and we look forward to being with you again. Thank you all.